you can build an impressive short-term rental business from the ground up with a little help from John and Jeanette. These successful Airbnb and Verbo hosts have experienced and documented the blood, sweat, and tears it can take to really stand out from the pack. Welcome to Stand Out. Hey everybody, it's John. And Jeanette. And welcome to Finishing Touches. And this is the kind of that last step before you're ready to list and do some of those things that we're going to cover off today. We're going to talk about lighting and fixtures. We're going to talk about chotskis and how to do that right. And then we'll talk a little bit about painting inside your Airbnb or Verbo short-term rental property. Today's bonus will be about your Instagram moment. And we're going to do a little discussion around that. So let's do a quick level set on where we are here. By now, we have picked our short-term rental location. We furnished it. We bought all the dishes and appliances. We've got our towels figured out. We got our sheets bought, and we know we're dealing with comforters. And we even have a cleaner ready for that first guest. So today, we're going to kind of wrap up this phase with that finishing touches. And next week, we're going to go deep dive on photography and staging for that photography. So Jeanette, let's jump into this. What, what are some of the things that you, you might kind of think about under this finishing touches category? Sure. So those would include things like lighting, like including ceiling fixtures, sconces, outdoor lighting, desk lighting, um, lots more. We'll get into that a little bit later. Um, hardware. Um, when I say hardware, I mean like for your cabinets and doors and things like that. Uh, also hangers and hooks. Uh, we'll be talking a little bit about plumbing fixtures. I know that sounds boring, but they actually can really add a finishing touch to your place. So we'll talk about that. Uh, wall art, obviously, clocks, tchotchkes, games and books, and some other little thoughtful personal touches you might want to think about. So let's talk lighting first. You know, lighting is such an important part of any home in general, and it's the same goes for your short-term rental property. So beyond just that obvious function that light puts light in your space so you can see better, duh, it also kind of helps set the mood and it creates an ambience. And, you know, we've talked a lot on this podcast about what, you know, what are you trying to convey? What's your experience? Don't overlook the lighting there. We are not experts in lighting. We're not pretending to be, but we do think we learned a lot about lighting and, and we also can do research. So we're going to bring you some kind of ideas and thoughts around lighting as you plan your short-term rental space. Yes. So first of all, you want to determine the purpose of each space. So for example, if you are going to have a workspace for your guests, say a desk, a place where they can um, do some work um, on their vacation, which would be a bummer. But anyway. Happens all the time. <laughs> uh, so you want to make sure that they have some good task lighting. So, so that should be, you know, bright and um, just a nice place for them to work. Um, they're going to be in a room where they're going to want to watch television. Uh, think about, can you dim the lights? And also, can you control the natural light that's coming in? Because that uh, can make it better for viewing television. Um, in the kitchen, obviously, you'll want some nice bright light, task lighting for food prep and cooking. Um, but in the bedroom, you want softer light. Um, you want it create more of a relaxing atmosphere. So provide some lamps so that, you know, in the middle of the night, they um, don't have to get up in the dark. They can turn on a lamp if they want to. Um, maybe a nightlight would be nice so that they won't trip in the dark. Also, you want to think about 
the natural light again. Uh, some people are really, really sensitive to light and they won't get to sleep if it's too bright. So think about having blackout window coverings in your bedrooms to keep that light out. We have a good friend that uh, is so sensitive to light that when he's going to sleep in a hotel, I mean, he brings painter's tape, or I think it's painter's tape, with him on his trip and, and covers the HVAC uh, thermostat. He covers you know anything he can because even the tiniest stream of light messes him up. Yeah. And so think about that too. Like if you have an alarm clock in there with a big bright light, that might not be something they like. So just those little added touches um, can make all the difference. And you know, if they get a good night's sleep, you're going to get a good review. Number two, you want to consider the size and layout of your short-term rental. Obviously, small rooms will need less lighting. Larger ones will need more lighting um, and may have a little bit more complex layout for lighting. So, um, you know, most designers, architects agree you want to avoid just having one single overhead light in a room. Um, so you want to incorporate multiple sources like table lamps, floor lamps, sconces, um, and that'll just create a more balanced layered lighting scheme. And don't forget your windows, they count too as a lighting source. And don't forget, adding dimmers is a really nice touch. It's not that hard to do. And that way they can adjust the lighting for whatever their needs are. Now, this is one of those do as we say, not as we do, because honestly, we have not added dimmers to our space yet. And actually, our very first renters were super good friends of ours. And that was their only feedback was, you need some dimmers in there. It's too bright. But they, the way our home is, is wired, um, there's a bunch of multiple, there's like three switches that feed some of these lights we want to dim. And I'm pretty handy. But when it comes to three-way four-way kind of switching, trying to put a dimmer in. I know what I got to do, which is get an electrician. And that's what I think you should do too. Yeah. I, I definitely think a dimmer would really make a difference. So far, we haven't gotten that project done, but I highly recommend it. So let, let's talk about what's the right type of lighting for your space. And again, this is more research here than Jeanette and my expertise, but you know, there's multiple types of lighting. There's an ambient lighting, which Jeanette mentioned a minute ago. Ambient lighting is just that lighting that sort of, it's like the sun and just sort of cast across everything um, across the room. Um, and that's, that's usually necessary in most of your homes and most of your spaces. And then you then lead to what we call accent lighting. And accent lighting is more, think more like spotlights. That's the light that is going to focus on specific features or objects. It might be what you point at a piece of artwork. We can talk about that later. Or architectural details. Having that lamp at the desk so that people can, can do their work. Or on the bedside table so they can get out of bed without waking the whole house up. If, if you've provided a reading nook for your guest, uh, you might want to have a light there, like a reading lamp for them to read as well. And particularly when you deal with older guests, um, they really need enough light to see what they're seeing. And we may or may not be in our fifties now, and we actually get it. If your home isn't a houseboat, you also might consider landscape lighting, which is a great way to really highlight your home. It looks, makes it look great from the street, but it also adds just a level of safety and comfort. When somebody pulls up to your house at eight o'clock at night, and they're going to have to find the key. They've never been there before. They don't know what boogeyman's hiding in the bushes. Landscape lighting can be your friend. I agree. And um, one other thing I'm going to bring up, um, because we've just experienced this um, in the past, um, you got to think about the color temperature. 
it's I, I never thought about it before until we were replacing light bulbs in one of our chandeliers and I realized, oh my gosh, there are different color temperatures for bulbs and it makes a difference. Yeah, so I'm I am part of my job is some photography and video work I do, and so I'm super in tune to the color temperature, because if, if you are a photographer listening to this, you understand that you have to set that on your camera so your white balance is right and things like that. So when how does that relate to your short-term rental, John? Come on. How it relates is having having your temperature correct, it changes the look of the entire space. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it changes. It actually changes the color of your cabinets and the color of your painting on your walls. So... I was surprised how much the color temperature of your lighting can have so much of an impact on the look and feel of a room. So buckle up for a quick science or physics. I don't know what it is because that was more Jeanette's classes in school, but color temperature is measured in Kelvins. You might remember Kelvin and how close to absolute zero and all that kind of stuff from your science class. So the lower the number of your color temp, is the warmer and more yellow light. And frankly, most of us listening right now, if you're over the age of about 35, you're used to a, a Kelvin temperature or a light temperature of around 3,500. That's that yellow light that we all grew up with when you, you pull up to the house after you've been out all night and the home is glowing yellow. You were out all night? That's, that's a different podcast for another day. So, so that 3,500 number is that yellowish light, if you will. But if you, if you start going up the spectrum on those lights, you get into this much bluer, cooler light you might, you may have heard that term. So what it comes down to is if you're in the bedroom or living room, that 3,500 or maybe 4,000 get a little bit more updated light can really add a really, you know, nice, warm, comfortable space. But when you're in the kitchen, the desk you're someplace where you're doing task-oriented type stuff, um, that's a much more cool light. And like we re- we recommend somewhere in the 4,500, 5,000 might be pushing a little bit, but, you know, because it's a matter of taste. But frankly, cooler lights have that more modern feel. Like it's what you might see in an art gallery, more true to color, more true to what you see. But the warmer lights is more comfortable and stuff when you're getting ready for bed and it's time to put your head down on the pillow, that warmer lights really stand out. So the where are the numbers? Are they on the bulb or are they on the packaging? Yeah, they're they're on they're actually on both. Um they're on both. They're probably for my eyes, they're easier to read on the packaging. So, you know, if you're buying if you're buying your bulbs at a big box store, they even have like these crazy little displays that let you see the temperature so you can kind of get a sense for it. But again, in the general terms the closet, the kitchen, the office, that that type of thing, cooler light, the bedroom, the reading nook, a little bit warmer light. Yeah, and but don't mix them. So we had a chandelier and we, we were replacing some of the bulbs and some were warm and some were cool and it looked terrible. So just pay attention. Yeah, it's it's kind of like a magic trick, Jeanette. So the I can take a kitchen that looks a little old and dingy, change the light bulbs to the cooler 4,500 range, and the whole kitchen becomes this clean, bright thing. But that magic trick loses its illusion if you start mixing them up. And we did that to Jeanette's point on a, we didn't do it, I did it. I was changing out a chandelier that had about 12 of these bulbs and I mixed the temperatures and it was like, not, not pretty. It looked bad. 
Okay, enough about that stuff. Um, also, don't forget, you've got your natural light too. So, you know, hopefully you have plenty of windows for natural light. Uh, and if you have a view, make sure you're not obstructing the view with big old curtains and shades and things like that. Make sure you can pull those away so that you can have a nice unobstructed view. Sidebar, sorry, but you know, I was I was in the window industry for 30 years, no lie. Uh, and I love windows and I'm, I'm kind of a geek. If I come in your home, the first thing I do is look at your windows. So people who cover them up with giant tapestry of curtains, it just drives me crazy. So Jeanette, lighting, we talked a lot about lighting and the looks and the color. And is that, is that the end of the story? No. Um, the one really important reason to think about lighting is safety. So you want to make sure all the walkways uh, around your rental are well lit and that all the, you know, all the lights are working. Uh, make sure the porch lights, the patio lights, if you have a pool, make sure you've got good pool deck lighting. Uh, if you're in an area where the power might go out now and again, make sure you've got some flashlights, put one by each bed. Um, so, you know, just think about safety and also the kitchen. Uh, make sure you have a flashlight in the kitchen. Um, if your guests are going to be arriving at night, it would be really nice to make sure that the house is lit up. You don't want them to arrive to a dark house. If you have a no-touch check-in system like we do, um, you, you could put your lights on a timer or you could have somebody go and turn them on before they come or you could do it yourself. That's what we do. The other thing um, that's so easy to do, um, provide some night lights um, in the bathrooms, um, in, in maybe some hallways, um, just to make sure they're not stumbling around and um, they can see where they're going at night. So let's talk about fixtures and hardware, right? So fixtures and hardware are those oftentimes metallic, but hardware showers, faucets, things like that, that really make it, can change a space, really make an impact on a space, whether it's brand new, making good decisions, or a place that you bought that needs a little bit of help. Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's important that you think about um, having a cohesive feel. So you want to have everything sort of match. So use the same finish. So if it's nickel or if it's bronze or something like that, it's nice if the whole house has the same finish. Um, that just makes it look, you know, updated. Um, also, I mean, have a really good shower head. People are on vacation. They want to be relaxed. They want to have a really good shower. So make sure the shower, number one, the shower head is clean and that it works really well. And also in your kitchen, you can find some really cool faucets for your kitchen sink and it could really elevate your kitchen. So um, check it out online. There's so many choices out there. Now let's talk about cabinet hardware. Um, I call this like the jewelry for your kitchen or your bathroom. Um, you can really have some fun with this. Again, think about what finishes you're using in the house and try to be cohesive and use the same finishes all throughout the house. And that'll just make it look extra good. And don't overlook the importance of some things that might seem kind of boring. It's probably why Jeanette gave me these to talk about, but you know, doorknobs and hinges. I mean, the, the handle sets as they're known and the hinges, if they're gross, old, brassy, bronzy brass things from 1970, it kind of takes your whole property down a little bit. You know, bringing in a new polished chrome or maybe a 
polished nickel, really to match your, your fixtures to Jeanette's point, really could uplift your entire space. Another thing that we recommend is, you know, there's, there's places for hanging things like whether it's your guest coat or an umbrella or a bag or whatever. Um, you know, think about those elements as well. You know, we have a houseboat, so we use like boat cleats as our hooks and they're, they're around the home. And we had some, uh, custom dockside, which is the name of our houseboat dockside bags made that are hanging on there. So our guests can use them when they go shopping and they look really good. They look really cool too. And honestly, they look very vacation-y and that's a word I just made up. So let's talk about wall art. And Jeanette is definitely the expert here, not me. But I will say that wall art can make a huge difference in sort of setting the tone for your space. So think about the style of your property. So is it modern? Is it beachy? Is it mountain chalet? Um, so that will affect what artwork you choose. Um, it should complement your space. Um, it shouldn't um, overwhelm your space. We actually chose a piece of artwork and then that sort of set the tone for our entire space. I think we talked about that earlier. So if it's if it's modern, you know, it might be, you know, a contemporary sort of um, abstract, geometric, minimalist. Um, if it's more rustic, you might think about landscape paintings, vintage posters, botanical prints. If you're choosing artwork, also consider, is it appropriate for your space? So you want to think about the purpose of the room and choose pieces that, for example, are calming, like if it's in the bedroom, or maybe you want a vibrant pop art if you're in the living room. Or maybe you have a game room and you want to make it real playful. Um, if it's a children's room, you know, put some children's art in there. Also consider the size of the room when you're selecting your artwork. You don't want the art to overwhelm the room, um, but you also don't want a tiny little piece of art on a big old wall. I know that's kind of obvious, but think about your space and take measurements when you're shopping and you should be good. Yeah. And think about, again, I'm stealing this from Jeanette from a previous podcast, but you know, what about local artists? You know, I, I would say if you could find a local artist, that's pretty darn good. It probably carries more weight with your guests than some artists from some other place. That's even better because it speaks to them. It's part of the culture of the area that they're in and, you know, hanging wall art from, your area that shows parts of your town and buildings from your town or a map of your town could go a long way. Yeah, John's really good at doing graphic art and he made some pretty cool graphic maps of our area and uh, we framed it and it looks really cool. And he made a, a cool graphic piece uh, that it shows our the... the um, Elevation view. Oh yeah, of the of the houseboat, and um, it it just looks cool, and it's it's very personal, and so have fun with it. Number three, consider the color scheme of your property. So when you're selecting your artwork, keep that in mind. Try to stay with your color scheme. It doesn't have to be all matchy matchy. In fact, I don't really go for that. You want to have complementary colors. You want everything sort of to work together, but put some fun stuff in there, mix and match textures. Um, you know, again, have some fun with it, make it a little bit 
different. Don't you don't want it to look like a waiting room in a doctor's office, right? Also, you want it to be cohesive. So when you select your artwork, think about uh, your property. Um, choose artwork that's similar in style. So you don't want like really modern stuff and then really uh, traditional stuff all together because that's just confusing and it just doesn't go together. So simple stuff like that. I think y'all are pretty sophisticated. You know what to do. So this next one's my favorite because I'd never do it right. Well, it's only because John is six foot two and I'm five foot five. So height is an issue for us. So there is actually a rule of thumb on this. Uh, typically, you want to hang your artwork about 57 inches from the floor. From the bottom of the art? T- well, I would say it's at eye level. So typically 57 inches from the floor is where you want to hang it. So I think that's the bottom of the picture because that'd be like chest height for you. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I'm not short. I'm average. It's fine. Um, and if you have higher ceilings, you, know, you may have to adjust a little bit, but think about your guests. I mean, if you are a super tall person, you may have to think about lowering it a little bit. Um, also make sure when you hang your artwork that it's very secure. You do not want these things falling or sliding. And, you know, we're in a houseboat, so we we actually, we took extra precautions so that when the boat moves a little bit, the artwork stays where it's supposed to. The last item on the wall art section is really should go without saying, but I'm going to say it, which is you need to avoid controversial or something that even though you don't think it's offensive, somebody might find offensive when you're picking artwork for your home. If you are um, choosing nudes because you think nudes are really cool, you know, two thirds of your guests are not going to think that's cool. And if you collect old posters of presidential elections and you choose to put one up, I'm just Murphy's law says the one you put up is the one that's going to upset your guests. So again, hit it down the middle of the fairway, make good choices on your wall art, we particularly love things that you can't even tell what they are. They're geometric. They're, they're super impressionist. It's like, I don't know if that's a beach or a little dog, but it won't offend anybody. Yeah. So I'll give an example. Uh, I think this show came up on one of our bonus things, but there's a show called instant hotel on Netflix takes place in Australia. And one of the guests, she was a photographer. I think she took these pictures herself and she took Barbies and Ken's and put them in compromising positions on the beach. And that was her artwork throughout the home. And sure enough, some of the guests were a little bit offended. They were a little racy, even though they were little dolls. So let's switch gears now to Chotsky's, which... I have to giggle because we've spelled five different ways in our notes. But How do you spell tchotchkes? I'm not really sure. I think this is right. T-C-H-O-T-C-H-K-E-S. So it's clearly... A ridiculous word. Not a, a Latin English type word. I'm setting this one up because if I had my way, I would have Chotsky's on every surface because I think it's super fun and it's a great way to express yourself. Well, but I mean, you walk through a store like Home Goods and they have so many cute things. It's hard to hold back, but we must. Okay. We must edit. Yes. So keep it simple. Have some fun with it. Um, but, you know, you want to think about things like how much space you have. You don't want to fill the whole space. People want to come in and relax and they want to have a place to put their things and they don't want to feel cramped. So 
keep we must that in edit. mind. Um, you want to consider your theme. Like if you're in a beachy area, you know, add a little beachy, you know, some beachy things. People are on vacation. They want to feel like they're at the beach. Again, don't overdo it. You don't want, you know, 25 beach signs on the wall we've been to a place like that and it's just too much and it looks cheesy so don't do that but you know a few things here and there will make it look really cute and be fun and you could mix and match you know you want texture you want shiny you want some wood you know so mix it all up and have fun with it but don't overdo it think about this too the more stuff you have the more you have to dust so keep that in mind you really want the place to be clean um, think about what you're choosing. Is it solid? Is it easily breakable? Is it sharp and dangerous? You don't want that. What if you have kids? So think about function. So some tchotchkes can have dual purposes. So maybe you find this really cute decorative basket. Well, you can use that to put in maybe some throw blankets or pillows or magazines or something like that. So they can have dual functionality. Um, and also add personality, add some texture. So have fun with it. I always say have fun with this stuff. Ultimately, at the end of the day, the most important thing to think about is your guests and what their experience is going to be. So you want to create a welcoming, comfortable space. Uh, one idea a, a friend of ours did is he had a little welcome board and you walk in and it says welcome and then it has their name. And that was kind of fun. So, you know, have fun with it. Avoid using too many things or, um, you know, we talked about being offensive or polarizing. Um, don't do too many things because then they don't have room to put their things down. Um, and just think about your guests and when they walk in, will they feel overwhelmed or will they feel welcomed and delighted? I mean, less to me, less is more. And particularly you're out having dinner for the night, you come home, you want to charge your phone and you, there's nowhere to put your phone on the nightstand because there's a clown in the way. I, I don't care about the clown. I want to charge my, my phone. Let's just say no clowns anywhere. No clowns. So from clowns, we're going to switch complete gears and talk very quickly about paints and finishes in the home because this is the stage when most folks getting ready, the photographer is coming, they're getting ready for that final kind of reveal in photography and staging, which we'll talk about next week. And they're going to start painting uh, walls, you know, accent walls, or just in general painting the space. And the main point we want to get across here is that when you're choosing paint for your short-term rental, Verbo, or Airbnb property, the choices you make on paint will be different than what you did on your regular residency, regular home. You know, the short-term rental is much more like a commercial space, which is geared for high traffic. You know, if you're at a museum and you see what they choose for materials, it's not the same thing you do in your home. Well, this is not a museum. I get it. But it is a high traffic area is is your short term rental. So choose better quality paints. Choose uh, probably a little bit higher dollar paints, but choose paints that can be cleaned and scrubbed in your property. So that when somebody does get spaghetti sauce on your backsplash paint area or splashes a little wine in the bedroom area on the paint, that instead of, you know, bringing a painter out with no notice for your next turnover, you are cleaning with soap and water and you're moving on. Um, it might cost you 10 bucks, even $20 a gallon more, 
But in the scheme of things, you know, a gallon of paint in as an accent wall will last you many, many accent walls, many, many touch-ups that you won't have to do because you're just were able to clean it or scrub it. So for the finish, does that mean it should be eggshell or should it be satin or should it be shiny? Like what, what kind of finish do you think? So the builder in your home, I can almost guarantee it, used a flat finish because flat paint hides everything. And I don't mean stains, but hides nail pops and hides dents and things like that. And uneven installation of the drywall, things like that in a home. In your, the case of your short-term rental Verbo Airbnb property, I would use an eggshell. Um, in the bathrooms, I would even use kind of a more semi-gloss type paint. That's going to be the easiest to clean. That's a sponge wipe. Even the even your guest, they get a little makeup on the wall somehow. They can just wipe it off and not make a big mess, uh, for sure. Cool. So. What about color? I mean, can we pick any color we want? Can it be dark? Can it be lighter? Is there a better choice there? Yeah, I think I, I think for me, when it comes to the maintenance and the the upkeep of your home, you should put color aside and choose the color you want to express the experience that you want in your home. If if you know if we wanted to hide everything, we would use a black paint literally like chalk paint and chalkboard paint, put it on every wall. And your reviews would say that I felt like I was in an insane asylum that, you know, choose the color you want, but use the finishes like the eggshell or the semi-gloss and use the better paint that can be, that can be cleaned or scrubbed and, you know, express what you want. Don't use it through color. Okay. And then we can just touch up when we need to. Yeah. So, and when it comes to touch up, um, you want to have all the paints, on the inside of your home and all the paints on the outside of your home exterior labeled clearly and put someplace that at least in the owner's closet that you can get to it because I'm telling you nine times out of 10, there's that one thumbprint on the wall that you know is going to be kind of gross to the next guest that you can touch up in, you know, 30 seconds. Yeah. And make sure it is labeled correctly. So say, okay, outside trim or inside wall or something like that, because I do believe there was an incident where we were, you I was touching up. I was touching up all the fingerprints on the stairwell there one day and I grabbed the wrong paint. It wasn't labeled by me very well. But again, I always say if you paint the wrong color, all you're doing is priming. When it dries, go get the right color and go back over it after that. Yeah. Don't freak out. Paint is easily touched up, but yeah, label correctly. So we've talked lighting, we've talked Chotskis and fixtures and shower heads. Is there anything else that you can think about? Again, next week, the photographer's coming and we're going to stage the home for our listing. What, what comes to mind that maybe we missed? I would say, think about greenery, living things. You know, when you walk into a space, you want it to have some life. So I always add some greenery. Now, uh, if you are in the home a lot and you can water your plants, that's awesome, but maybe that's not possible. So there's some beautiful silk plants out there, but I would suggest adding some greenery and that will just add a little bit extra just richness to your space. So, so how do you pick, how do you pick this greenery that doesn't look like totally fake? Oh my gosh, you can find that anywhere these days. Home goods is awesome. Um, online, you can find some stuff. Um, and then we did add a real plant uh, in the front 
um, on the front porch, and that was that wasn't a big deal because we were able to water it when we went and set up for the until next it got house. cold. It got yeah. cold this winter and it killed it. I think now we have a fake one, and that does look real. I have to admit, I, I'm just thinking about the silk plants I grew up with with my mom. Yeah, no, they're so much better now. So you you have a lot of choices. Yeah, so I really think um, think about adding some greenery, and if you, you know if it's modern, you might do like the you know the modern looking um, succulents or something like that, or you know. If you're in Florida, maybe you add some big tropical leafy things, um, you know, so make it match, you know, the area that you're in. So speaking of greens and greenery, uh, on the other side of that, you know, you're getting ready for your staging and photo shoot, mow the lawn, clean the windows, rake the leaves. I mean, you know, when you capture this in digitally, not in celluloid anymore, but when you capture this digitally and it goes in your listing, this is your calling card. This is the first impression. And I, it is so, so important. And I cannot believe how many listings I see with the beds kind of disheveled and, um, you know, things out of place, one pillow's up, one pillow's kind of tipped over. I mean, how long does it take to do yeah. that right? And I think we'll talk a little bit more about staging in another podcast. Next, next episode. Um, I won't go into it too much, but you really don't want to put things into your space that the, your guests won't encounter when they walk in. So just keep that in mind. Okay. So today's little bonus feature, we're going to talk about Instagram moments in your home and how you can get your guests to actually advertise for you, to promote you because of something you provided to them. So what a great, what a great trade out. That's the way I look at that. So as a short-term rental host, you've got to create one or two little moments, little experiences that your guest will just recognize as, Hey, that's where I'm going to take my picture. That's where I'm going to post on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, whatever they're into. And it's just that visually stunning spot or scene that you create. You could even make a little sign that says, hey, take your picture here, or this is your Instagram moment type thing in your home. We don't have that. But we do have on our outdoor upstairs porch on our houseboat, we've created a neon sign. It happens to say relax. And I've installed it against kind of this false boxwood material. We've all seen this at Mr. and Mrs. whatever at weddings and things like that. People kind of are used to knowing, hey, that's where I'm supposed to take my picture. And we've seen that time and time again, folks get their picture in front of that and they, and they put it out on social media, look where I'm staying. And guess what? People say, where are you? That looks amazing. I should check that out. They're promoting you for you. So what we want to do is challenge you to think about what's your Instagram moment. What do you have in your home that's unique that would let somebody know or kind of encourage them to take a picture and post it? So we talked about what we did. We learned this from one of the shows we talked about on a previous podcast called Stay Here on Netflix. Jeanette, I don't know if you remember that. There was a house in Austin and they painted the pool house with this crazy design. And it was so obvious that, that that's your moment. That's what you share. That's what hits the social media channels and causes people to say, where were you? That looks, that looks so cool. And it's super important. The second thing we did is we have a Polaroid camera. Like it's called an Instax and it's super old school. It's bright yellow, matches our decor of our home. And again, we've had people use the camera old school wise, take the Polaroids, then take a picture of the Polaroids and post them on their social media. It's like super retro 
and Instagram all at the same time. And it just makes us feel good because we know that our guests are having fun and that's ultimately what we want. We want them to have fun and feel like they're on vacation and it was special. And then Jeanette had this thought, which I didn't think about, but the kind of our third Instagram moment is maybe a little more one-sided for us, but we have a guest book and people write the most amazing things in this guest book that we can then use to, you know, use as little pull quotes for social media to show that what people are saying about their stay with us. So instead of us saying it, you know, Carla B said this or Lee said this, et cetera. And it, it means so much to us because we really, I don't know, it's so personal, our, our houseboat. And we want everyone to have a good time. And when somebody writes a personal note about the fun that they had, it just makes all the difference. So I've got. I've got a little misty a few times reading the guest book. Definitely have a guest book and encourage them to write in it. And it is fun to look back and see all the different guests and where they're from and all the experiences they had. It just makes it that much more special as a host. So again, what's your Instagram moment? I don't mean to, Instagram is not a sponsor, but hey, call me Instagram if you'd like to like to sponsor us, but whatever social media people choose, what is that moment in your home that's going to cause people to share you, to tell the story, to be your evangelist out to their friends that you have no access to whatsoever. And a little bit of thought, a little bit of planning can go a really, really long way. We have no idea where your home is right now as you listen to this, or maybe you're getting ready to do one, but again, a ski chalet, a lake, a city, a town with history, whatever you have, there is an opportunity for you to create that Instagram moment. You can even just paint a wall, a fun, cool pattern or something like that. It doesn't have to be anything spectacular. Um, be creative, have fun with it, like I always say. So thanks for tuning in today. Again, finishing touches and now our Instagram moment. And next week, tune in because we're going to get super deep dive in staging your home and then the, the photography of your home. And I think we've said this before, really nothing is as important as that long term. And we'll see you then.